Shall we begin? everybody welcome back to a brand new episode of the frankly francisco podcast i am your host francisco today my guest is what we he calls himself the fearless uh fearless marketer uh, he has over 40 years of experience and what he says is that the best way for marketing is emotional marketing i'd like to introduce everybody to mr randy crane how are we doing today francisco i'm doing awesome buddy so and thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, no problem. So for my audience that doesn't understand what that means, can you please explain to me what emotional marketing is? Absolutely. Um do you mind if I backtrack a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So emotional marketing. It it's it's kind of like calling out the elephant in the room. Okay. Um Francisco, when you were a little boy, don't you remember your dad said to you? You know what, Francisco? You've got to start making logical decisions. You remember that? Yeah, I tell my kids that all the time. Absolutely. And I think most of your audience would agree with that. And I know my father told me the same thing. There's a problem with that. The problem is human beings are not capable of making logical decisions. They make emotional decisions. And they, they try to reason it or make a rational decision after the fact. Human beings are emotional creatures. We respond to everything by emotion. Okay? You meet a new friend. It's emotional. Do you remember remember falling in love? Yeah, a couple yeah. times. Absolutely. <laughs> and But the feelings of when you fall in love, they're uncontrollable. There's no ration to them. There's no reasoning with it. It just is what it is, okay? And and that's what I'm saying. Human beings connect with other human beings. And we do this on an emotional scale, okay? Now, some emotions have um, are, are more prominent than others. But at the end of the day, we're emotional creatures and we connect with people emotionally. So when it comes to marketing of any kind, whether you're doing sales, or you're doing uh, online digital marketing, or you're doing content marketing or video marketing, doesn't matter what. What separates great marketers are the marketers who can connect with people on an emotional level. Okay? Um, A great example of this, and I'm going to give you two examples. One is a negative one, and one is a positive. The positive one is Nike. Nike is a shoe company. That's what they do. They sell shoes. But do you ever see their ads? Their ads are never about shoes. Buy our shoes. It's reaching their customer at an emotional level through experience. If you want to experience this, do this. On the second time, a second one is more negative. Um, And again, I don't want to turn this into a conspiracy theory by any means, but look at um, the marketing that went out for the pandemic for people to get the vaccine. It was all fear-based. And they drove home the fear 
to get people to take the vaccine. Okay? Either way, whether it was based on experience or love, or it was based on fear, they reach people at an emotional level. And it's that emotional level that they connected with. So I, I get that 100% because I see plenty of commercials where they're, you know, they'll try to pull on the heartstrings and, you know, like a Mother's Day. You oh, know, yeah. Mom deserves this. Mom deserves that. And, but on uh, it's like Father's Day is the opposite. They don't they don't tug at the heartstrings for dads. So I get 100% what you're saying when it comes to that. They do, uh, the media tends to play on people's emotions or even play on people's fears, which obviously is part of the emotional spectrum. Absolutely. Um, but for you, having as much experience as you has, uh, have, what has been the biggest thing that you found that has helped uh, make people successful in, in the endeavors that they're trying to do? You know, I, I, I think there's a broad range where that's concerned. And I've seen a lot of different um, marketing campaigns over the years. I mean, I've run over 5,000 campaigns myself. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I think the what reaches people is when when they look at their marketing and they and they say that um, the how can I put this properly? It's um, everybody thinks that the sale is about the sale, and it's really not about that at all. It's really about reaching somebody at an emotional level. And maybe it's better that I explain this. Um, you know, salesperson comes and visit you, Francisco. Mm. Okay. Hi, Francisco. My name is Randy. I'm with XYZ Company. Um, we've been in business for 20 years. We have the best people, the best price, the best product, the best guarantee, the best warranty, the best delivery. You ever heard that story? Oh, yeah. On multiple okay. occasions. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares about that. So if, that, if they don't care about that, what do they care about? Well, people have wants and desires, and they have problems. And every human being in the world is connected to those three things. And they're emotionally connected. Your podcast Your podcast, you're emotionally connected. You're passionate about it. Okay? If I can't reach you at an emotional level, then I don't make the sale. I can't be your friend. I can't be, I, I can't be anything with you. I have to reach you at an emotional level, whether it's in the content that we write, whether it's in the videos that we do, whether it's in the um, the conversation that we have. So how do you reach somebody at an emotional level? Well, what you do is you ask questions. Hey, Francisco, tell me about your podcast. Tell me, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? You know, what do you really enjoy about it? What are you doing it for? Okay. What value do you deliver? And start asking very good quality questions. Because when you ask good quality questions, you get good quality answers. Make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, it's I'm in finance, so it's the same thing. You you ask an open-ended question instead of a closed question, you'll get well, more of an answer. I, I think, you know, it, it's more than just open-ended as opposed to closed-ended. I think what it is, is it has to inspire an, or trigger an inspiring answer. So if you ask an inspiring question, you'll get an inspiring answer. If you ask a boring question, you'll probably get a boring answer. So the delivery of the question is really important and how you deliver that. Like when I go out and I visit a customer, you know, I, I look around the room and I say, oh my God, you know, is that a picture of your wife and kids? Yeah, it is. Oh my God, you got a beautiful family. Tell me about that. Okay. Where do you live? What do you do? You know, are the kids playing hockey? Blah, blah, blah. Right. If I look around the room and I see he's got a picture of him on Mount Everest and I can say, oh my God, is that you on Mount Everest? Yeah, it is. Oh, would you mind telling me that story? People connect with stories. His stories to you, your stories to them. It's all about the stories that we tell. And you see, the stories that we tell bridge the gap between um, confidence in one another. I tell you a really great story. And you go, oh, my God, Randy, that was a really great story. You know, and then we talk about that. Now we're creating the relationship. Relationships need to be created, and cre and they can only be created through emotional conversation or emotional context. So let me ask you a question with, with, with your clients. How do you get that out of some clients? Because some clients are not open like that. Some clients are not overly emotional. Some clients are hard to connect to emotionally. Yeah. So you, as you being in, in, in business for as long as you have and having the experience that you have, how do you break through with some of these clients? Because some people just don't want to open up that way. Well, you know what? And I think the thing is, too, is it really all depends on, on your own personality. Like for me, I'm a dazzling, handsome man. <laughs> and I have a wonderful personality, okay? Yeah. Make sure you don't clip that part. Um, anyway, the interesting part about it is, is that if, if I find myself confronted with somebody that is hard to deal with, wants to be a bulldog about it, and, and I'll say to him, listen, you know what? Um, I, listen, Francisco, I want to help you. Like, I'm here to help you. Okay? But I can't help you if you don't help me. I need to know information. Okay? Because, you know, one of the things I do is I always ask people, I'll say, well, you know what, Francisco, you know, how does that make you feel? And people, people, what do you mean? How does that make me feel? I said, well, you feel something, right? You know, and um, I need to know how you, how it makes you feel. And they'll say, well, what does that have to do with anything? I said, well, it has everything to do with everything. Because if you're not feeling what I'm feeling, if you're not feeling that this product is going to be right for you, or if you're not feeling that this service can provide value for you, then I'm wasting my time. Okay. If you want me to be honest, do you want me to be an honest guy? Yeah, of course. Well, great. I need you to be honest with me. Okay. If you want me to help you, which I know I can, 
then we have to be straight with one another. You know, and, you know, I use the term, you know, uh, the elephant in the room. I mean, it's it's so important that you have some connection with that person. <laughs> if you don't have any connection with them, okay, he may buy from you once, never call you again. If you have to go through your life as a salesperson, selling one person, then the next person, then the next person, then the next person, by the time you get to be my age, you're going to be broke. Hmm. Or you're going to be broke down. The purpose of doing this is so that the customer calls you back again and calls you back again and calls you back again. You know, at my age, I have calls from people every week and they say, hey, Randy, do you remember me? I bought from you about 10 years ago. And I need a guy who can do this or I need a product that can do that. Do you know anybody? Okay. Because at the end of my call, at the end of my sales call, I'll always say, listen, whether you buy from me today or you don't, doesn't matter. But you know what? I know a lot of people. And I would be a great go-to guy for you. So if there's anything you need, you can always just give me a call and if I, if I can help you, I will. And people remember that. It's creating, it's creating, taking down the boundaries between you and that person. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Some people don't want to do that. You know, I grew up in a household where men were men and women were weak. Okay. It's an old adage and it doesn't, it's not true, but you see, there are a lot of people that believe that, you know, the, the education that the new generation get today is probably not going to be adopted until the, probably the next 30 years from now. So we're still adopting the same old things from the 1980s because that's the stuff you were taught. That's the stuff I was taught. Right. So, Finding a, a common medium, whether you're doing a sale or whether you're doing uh, advertising, it's finding that medium that connects with that person. So my question is, is the younger generation seem to be more in tune with their emotions now, especially the Gen Zers and the millennials, they, they're more in tune with themselves. So, but how do you bridge that gap? Because you are older, you're from an older generation, you grew up differently. How do you bridge that gap? Because with the younger crowd, they don't want to listen to the older crowd. They walk to the beat of their own drum. They yeah. listen to themselves. They, you know, they're right, you're wrong. My emotions outweigh anybody else's opinion. So on a professional level, how do you bridge that gap between the younger generation and yourself to bring them value as to what you do for your business? Well, you know what, Francisco, I'll tell you, people are people doesn't matter whether they're my age or they're younger. You know, I, I've learned a valuable lesson in my life, and that is the fact that the older I get, the smarter my father got. Okay? And, um, you know, when I was 20 years old, I knew everything. I, I had every answer in the world. I didn't need to listen to anybody. I knew it all. 64 years later, I don't know that that was necessarily true. Okay. People are people. 
whether you're young or you're old, it doesn't matter. Everybody responds to the emotions that drive themselves. Not everybody is, can be reached at the same emotion. Not everybody is reached at the same vibration. Everybody vibrates and, and responds to emotions at a different level. Okay? It's up to you to find out why and how that emotions drive either that person or that group or that audience. That's where the key comes. It, it's not a question of speaking the right words. It's it's a question of producing the right content that creates that specific feeling. Mm -hmm. So for you, what is it that you offer? What is it that you offer your clients? What are the services that people can come to you and say, hey, I need this, this, and that. What is what is it that you offer the clients uh, that most other people can't? Well, you know, and first of all, I don't know that I can offer something that anybody else can't. I think I anybody can do what I do. Okay. Um, I think I have something special. Number one, I think, you know what, I've been around for 64 years and, uh, 43 years of that is in marketing. So I've never been one of those guys who who um, started out in marketing and then left it to go build bridges and then come back and be, be a marketer again. I never did that. I was always a marketer from the time I was young. Um, I have a strong sales background. So when it comes to things like building websites or writing content or doing videos, um, that's the stuff I love to do. And I'm sure you'll agree that, you know, if you love what you do, you always do it way better. And um, the third thing is too, you know, I don't know whether I mentioned this, but I was going to be a priest. No, you didn't. Yeah, I was going to be a priest. Um, so I grew up in the Catholic church and uh, about six weeks before I took my vows uh, we had an interview, and they and they were telling me that uh, uh, they said, you know, they want to sit down, have an interview with me before I take my vows. And uh, I figured while they were interviewing me, I would interview them. And uh, which wasn't a good start, by the way. Uh, so anyway, they would ask me questions, and I would ask them questions, and I would say, you know, tell me, um, what do you think the political times were like during the time of Jesus? You know. What was the money escalation worth? How was inflation back then? You know, and of course, these are not questions that the Catholics are really interested in answering. So and at the end of the interview, they said, you know, maybe you should take some time off, you know, to rethink your vocation. And I thought, you know what? I didn't figure I was getting the truth anyway. So I said, you know what? Yeah, give me some time to think about that. And that was 40 years ago, and I'm still thinking about it. Okay. Um, the interesting thing happened though, when I left the church, I kept reading and reading a lot of theological information. And of course, I have a degree in theology, I have a degree in marketing, but I kept reading and reading about marketing too. And then somewhere along the line, 
the two kind of became one. And emotional marketing was born for me at that moment. And, you know, the service that I bring to the table that I think is really the important factor is that I'm a people person. I, I'm a, I'm a, a, a researcher. You know, so I dig deep when, and I, I look for audiences that want what you have. And then when I figure out what the audience is, then I write content that emotionally drives that audience. You know, a classic example is, you know, back in the 80s, I hope you don't mind me telling stories. No, you're good. I'm a, I, I love storytelling. Um, back in the 80s, and you're probably too young to remember this, but um, the universities and the colleges were turning out graphic designers like crazy. And, but most of the work during the 80s was being capitalized by the major advertising agencies. Okay, so all the Nike and the Molsons and the Budweiser's, they were all going to the big ad agencies. And the smaller companies couldn't afford a half a million dollars on an ad campaign. So you either spent the money or you didn't do anything. Okay. Or you tried to do it yourself. Excuse me. What ended up happening was um, the in the latter part of the 90s, all those ad agencies started going down. When the in the eighties, when the uh, when the universities were turning out uh, students that were graphic designers, there was more graphic designers than there was work. Then the internet came, out, and this became a whole new lease on life for these guys. I mean, they can put together. I mean, graphic designers can put together beautiful websites. But can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. What does a graphic designer know about selling? Nothing. What does he know about marketing? Nothing unless he's went to school to learn about marketing. Okay. And so graphic designers are producing websites. So what do they do? They put together really beautiful websites with content that was either written by them or written by the customer. Either way, it's not going to engage sales. Now, your website should be your best salesperson, should it not? Yeah. And if it's not, then you're missing the boat. So most graphic designers make websites, or a lot of them make websites. But that being the case, if they don't know anything about selling, it's kind of pointless, is it not? So when a customer comes to me and they say to me, can you build the website? I say, yeah. Can you make it sell? Yeah, I can. And I think that's the big difference. We we get results for our clients. And that's one of the reasons why my clients stick around as long as they do. My my longest standing client is uh, 1995. Wow. He's still that's, with me today. That's a long, that's a long time. <laughs> and uh, actually, it's not him. It's his son that runs the company now. And he still works with me. Um, another one is uh, being with me for eight years. Another one for 10 years. 
another one for five years, another one for three years. My clients stick around and they stick around because I get results. So let me get your opinion on something right now. The internet, you have a thousand social media sites that everybody's flooding, right? Advertising. I get bombarded, absolutely bombarded on my page with, Oh, let me, you know, let me create this for you. Let me create that for you. Let me do this. Uh, Let me coach you on this. it, It gets kind of annoying after a while to see all that. Do you, pay for advertising on the social media sites or do is your, a lot of your stuff word of mouth? Uh, um, you most see, of my stuff is word of mouth, word of mouth, word so of mouth. You, I, but I do do advertising for clients. I do advertising for my clients. Not everybody is in a situation like I, am. okay. Um, everybody has the intent. Buy from me, buy from me. Francisco, your email box is full of that. Your social media channels are full of it. I know this because mine are too. Okay. Buy from me. Um, Hey, I'm in India and uh, we do SEO. And, uh, you know, I can put you, make you rank number one on Google. I have probably, I get about half a dozen of those a day. That's my LinkedIn. That's my entire LinkedIn inbox. Absolutely. When a customer comes to me and they say to me, can you get me on number one on Google? I say, yeah. Yeah, I can. And they'll say, well, but I can't do it today. I could probably do it in 10 years. Because that's what it's going to take. Now, we can do a sponsorship ad and I'll get you at the top of Google on, on a sponsorship ad. No problem. That's not the same thing. You want to buy advertising? Yes, we can, we can move you up the line. Because companies like Google and Facebook and LinkedIn, this is how they make their money. Okay. So they favor the companies that support them. Makes sense, right? Absolutely does. Okay. People think that posting is advertising. Posting is not advertising. Posting is posting. Posting is you're sending out a message to everybody who already knows you. It doesn't do anything. It really doesn't. Okay. Unless, of course, it's my birthday, and then I send it to my friends. It's my birthday. Then it maybe means something. But if I'm trying to extract business from somebody... Do I want to sell my services to somebody I know or to somebody I don't know? Well, I want to sell my services to somebody I don't know. If I, if I sell them to people that I know, they either have already bought from me or they're never going to buy from me. Okay. My, uh, my cousin, Doug, great guy. He's on my social media. But he'll never buy from me. He's my cousin. And you've got a cousin on there, too. He's never going to buy from you. Right? So, like I said, the whole concept is, uh, I mean, I think it's fine. You can do it. But I, I just don't think it has any real bearing. And I think companies, when they think advertising, they think it's loads of money. Okay? I did a, I did a uh, project for a small restaurant in Toronto 
um, two weeks, three weeks ago, I guess, um, I ran a birthday campaign for him. So I sent out, uh, we sent out a, a, a Facebook message to everybody that was in uh, 3.5 kilometers of his pizza store. And they got a free coupon to get a free pizza. Come on in. Coupon for a free pizza. He got, I think he said 60 or 80, gave away 60 or 80 pizzas over a period of three weeks. Okay. But he's got a 15% people returned to buy more pizza. So that program cost him, I don't know, I think it was 500 bucks we did it for. And that included his advertising, his spend. So it doesn't have to be an expensive process, but you need to talk to the right people. And people, you always know when you're talking to the wrong person because the wrong person will always talk about money. Okay. Hey, Francisco, you need my help? Perfect. Tell me what it is you want to do. Oh, I want to do this, this, and this. Okay, that's going to cost you. When they do that, they don't know what they're talking about. Me, somebody comes to me and you'll say to me, well, Randy, I need a new website. Great, let me take a look at what you're looking at, and we'll go down through a list of things that I want to find out. You'll say, well, how much is it going to cost, Randy? Geez, Francisco, I don't know. Let's meet again tomorrow. Maybe I'll know by then. We'll meet again. I'll get a little bit more information, maybe deliver a little bit more value to you. And you'll say to me, well, what's this going to cost? I'll say, geez, I'll be honest with you. I'm just really not 100% sure. Let's meet in a couple of days, and, and I should know by then. Then that gives me a chance to deliver more value. Till eventually you turn around and say to me, for God's sake, Randy, what, how much is this going to cost me? Because I just want to write the check, right? Yeah. If, if you deliver true value to your customer, getting them to open up, getting them to write the check, getting them to do whatever it is you need to do is inevitable. But when you try to close them fast, knock them down, Steal his money. Yeah, it doesn't work. Oh, you might get away with it once or twice. But uh, I, I never lead with money. I always lead with value. And I figure the more value I can deliver to you and the more agreement that I can get from you. And I may say to you, you know what, San Francisco, did what I tell you help, help you at all in your life? Yeah, it did. Great. Does it make you feel good? Yes, it does. I say, well, then great. But my day, my job is good. It's done. So you know, when you treat people that way, and it really comes down to how you treat people. If you treat people nicely, they're going to treat you nicely. If you treat like people like an idiot, where you know what? Let's talk about. It. Let's get down to this. How how much? How much? How much? And when I say that. I, I don't think people do that. I think what they do is they want to see how much money they can make. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
so they end up, even if they don't lead with money, money is discussed before they go to the next call. Okay? But you see, the world doesn't work that way. If I took a job with the railway or you took a job at uh, McDonald's or wherever it is you, you work, you would have to work two weeks. And then at the end of two weeks, you'd get a paycheck. You work, get the paycheck. You don't work, you don't get the paycheck. Am I, am I right or wrong? Yeah. So telling customers or telling people that I'm not going to lift a finger until you pay me, well, you're doing the exact opposite of what the world is structured. You don't think people are going to notice the difference? Of course they will. So where can people find you? Where can they uh, ask for your services? Where can they uh, contact you? What are your social sites that they can reach you at? Let let my audience know uh, where they can reach uh, Mr. Randy Crane at. I, you know what? I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, my website, www.fearlessmarketer.com. Uh, you can reach me through my email, and I do answer all my emails. So, Randy at fearlessmarketer.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube. I'm everywhere. So, on social channels, I'm easy to find. Just look up Randy Crane or look up Fearless Marketer. You'll find me. I want to thank you for being on the show. I mean, you're a plethora of knowledge when it comes to, like I said, you have over 40 years of experience of doing this. And, uh, you know, finding a way to bridge the gap between the age difference between this generation and previous generation uh, is a good way to, to stay in business for a long time. It seems like your clients are loyal to you because of the way you do business, which is always a good thing. And you don't overextend yourself on social media when it comes to marketing for yourself. A lot of it's word to mouth and, and that's how it should be. Um, but I want to thank you for being on the show and I'm going to leave you with what I leave everybody with. If you found your purpose, live it. Appreciate everybody. Thank you for coming on the show, Randy. Have a good one. Francisco, thanks so much for having me. No problem. Bye -bye.